The Wings Over New Zealand show is brought to you in association with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum, New Zealand's number one aviation discussion forum online. There you'll find discussion on all aspects of New Zealand aviation, from history to current affairs and thousands of photos covering the Royal New Zealand Air Force, airlines, general aviation, warbird restorations, air show news, sport aviation, home building, gliding, aviation media and much, much more. You'll be in good company with other aviation enthusiasts, including pilots, engineers, warbird owners and restorers, historians and authors, modelers, aviation photographers and many others. Sign up to the Wings Over New Zealand community now. It's free and easy. Just Google Wings Over New Zealand and you'll find the forum. Hi everybody, Andrew Gormley, CEO of Classic Flyers here. If you're interested in classic aviation and you want to get up close and personal to old aircraft and see some of New Zealand's aviation history, come across the Classic Flyers, Jean Batten Drive, Mount Monganui, right on the edge of the airport. You can go for flights in old aeroplanes like Boeing Stearmans and Harvards. Lots to see, kids' parties happening here all the time. We have functions and function rooms, business meetings, and a great cafe with excellent coffee. If you'd like to be involved with Classic Flyers, we also have the volunteer groups who do all things from helping out with function work or just on the main hangar floor with visitors and guests or birthday parties right through to engineers who get involved in restoring some of our wonderful old aircraft assets. These things are all part of New Zealand's aviation history. It's a great place and it's in a good location. Come and have a visit. Check out the website on www.classicflyersnz.com The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to www.flydc3.co.nz Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. I want to welcome Fletch McKenzie to the show. Hi, Fletch. G'day, Dave. How are you? Great, great. Now, you're a... um... What would you call yourself? You're a filmmaker, you're an author, um, I guess a historian now. Um, you know, you're you're a media mogul, really, aren't you? Well, it's interesting. Uh, a good friend in the States, he said, Fletch, I see you as an aviator. And I went, well, I don't know what that means, you know. And he said, well, an aviator is someone that's just passionate about aviation. I went, oh, well, that's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I'd have to say thanks to him. I, I guess, yeah, I'm an aviator. Every, every aspect of my life, uh, much to the disgust of my wife, uh, our kitchen bench has a, uh, a you know helicopter rotor hanging over it with an LED <laughs> uh, light strip. So, yeah, it's uh, it's everywhere. Fantastic, fantastic. So h- how did you first get into aviation? Let's start there. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so my dad loved aviation, and I guess as a kid, he gave me all his books when he grew was growing up, so from the 40s and 50s, which I've still got. Uh, in fact, I've still got a scrapbook, um, which ironically has got Fletcher's in it. Uh, <laughs> and I did sort of say, um, is there any chance you name me after playing? And of course, years later, of course, I see all the the family history of our the middle name of Fletcher all the way through. So, oh, right. um, okay. yes, I know, sadly not related to, uh, to aviation. But um, yeah, dad, passionate, um, obviously as a kid growing up making models. I've still got his handmade balsa P40 Kitty Hawk that's hand painted sort of late 40s, early 50s, um, 
and even with the little sewing pins in it as as machine guns. So right. um, yeah, Dad gave me that passion. He he never flew. He fl um, he worked with NAC. Yeah. Um, so and randomly found a few letters from NAC. Um, sadly, when he passed away, but um, yeah, just a passion. And and I guess it's been a great connection with Dad because you know um, a number of years ago now, you know the last. I mean, I took him flying when I was doing my PPL, and uh, yeah, just really enjoyed talking about Airbus and Boeing and all the different things that are happening around the world. Yep, yep. So whereabouts were you when you learned to fly? Where, where, did, where did you do that? Yeah, learned to fly Hobsonville. So Air Force Base Hobsonville. I was in the Air Training Corps, number 40 squadron, okay. and uh, Adam Howick. And, yeah, learned to fly, uh, did a um, gliding course, actually, with uh, my, my instructor was Neville Swan. And the coolest thing was years later, many years later, was actually as a tow pilot um, towing Neville up into the, the great yonder, um and uh yeah just you know getting out there and, and doing it so i remember going solo at 16 i'll never forget the uh it was a blank which is an aluminium um, um glider and i remember hitting the um the the flowers were quite uh well the heads of the flowers were quite long at hobsonville and as i landed solo of course you know freaking out uh and i can remember distinctly hearing the the petals hitting the um the front sadly you know Luckily, it wasn't it wasn't the ground hitting the front. It was yeah. just enough. Um, and of course, I, and he did say, "Well, you know, this was down a little bit low." And I went, "Oh, okay, that was that was me hitting the um, the daisies or whatever the word." So that was <laughs> excellent. Uh, and you're you're now um, with North Shore Air Club, aren't you? You're flying. I was. I did join North Shore. Uh, I I was uh, eight well eighteen years with Fenopi. I've just sadly said goodbye to Fenopi. I we bought a Citabria um a few years ago and it's kept at Ardmore so just found okay. I wasn't flying that much at Fenopi um because I was towing there as well but I'm towing at Drury in the Pawnee as well and of course that's just a bit easier uh, I mean they're actually exactly the same drive to Fenopi or the drive to Ardmore slash Drury um so yeah I've just tried to make life a bit easier especially with teenagers um right. yeah okay so uh how did you get into the whole media side of things, um, filmmaking and that sort yeah, of thing? Good, good question. So I sold my agency and I decided, look, I'm going to um, start getting into, well, I had thought about doing a TV show because we'd done a lot of TV ads, uh, especially yeah. in the car car side, which, you know, I love working with cars and, um, you know, a lot of European cars, you know, we did Hummer and Lamborghini and all that good stuff. And it was like, you know, I've been thinking about uh, aviation and then I was finally doing a, with an Australian, bunch of Australian entrepreneurs, we're doing some fitness stuff and I was getting some filming. I had a mate and uh, actually from the year training course, I was friendly with, really good uh, cameraman. And of course we have a coffee and it's like, I've been thinking about this and he goes, mate, same. And so then next minute we, um, we got a media pass through, um, through some various serious letters to the Australian, um, I'm trying to think, for Avalon, so the big air show in Avalon right. in Australia, yeah. in Melbourne. And, uh, of course, we got media passes going, woo we are now media people, so, um, <laughs> and we look really cool. So we ran out and got some T-shirts and some hats made, um, and we looked the part uh, with media crew on the back, and it was all, you know, smoke and mirrors, of course. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and we said, yeah, we're making a DVD, which, of course, DVDs were big back then, and, of course, there was a few other people making DVDs, and, there was a bit of, you know, angst around, oh, there's that other DVD company. Um, and I said, well, this is silly making DVD. So it, I flew to the States quite a bit 
uh, I'm in the entrepreneurs organization. And so just catching up with Americans going, well, does anyone know any distributors in the States? And so I got in touch with a few people and next minute, you know, staying in these really dodgy motels for 60 US a night. And I'm thinking, God, is my, is my rental car going to be there tomorrow? Um, and uh, yeah, and we finally got a distribution deal with a company, uh, Riviera, um, who had just done a whole lot of US Air Force um, shows. So mm-hmm. ironically, you know, the hardest thing was we thought, great, we're in the money. And, um, you know, looked at what we'd already filmed and, you know, we're kind of halfway there. And they said it looks really good and positive and we're cool. Here's our bank, bank account if you could just fill that up. And they said, no, no, we'll sell it for you. You need to produce it. So, you know, with many sit-downs with my wife going, hey, you know, I've got this crazy idea and we're going to make millions of dollars, um, but we have to mortgage the house. And um, and Malcolm as well, borrowing money from his parents. And, uh, yeah, so we made the really the first HD show in New Zealand. Um, technically not HD now, not what they class HD, but back then it was. Yeah. So we filmed um, some incredible... Incredible stories. Um, you know, we got up to Everest. Uh, we, we went all over the place. With air points, you know, it was literally um, trying to trying to um, beg, borrow and steal. Um, air New Zealand gave us a flight somewhere. Um, yeah, so again, it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, I think it cost us half a million in the end uh, to make. Um, wow. okay. Ironically, um, we both said it was a great adventure and if we never got the money back, it was worth it. But my wife... Hopefully he doesn't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was great. And and really that was the start, right? The start of interviewing and talking to people and asking questions. And, and I guess it was really the, the start of me actually listening. Um, I possibly wasn't the best listener. And then suddenly, you know, as as I honed, uh, you know, because Malcolm, he's behind the camera going, Fletch, ask this question, or, you know. So I like to think, you know, Malcolm kind of helped steer me with all his experience of just making sure we could get to the story and find the story right. or uncover yeah. the gold as we called it. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's important. That really is no, yeah. knowing what to ask in a way so that the actual story comes out as, yeah. as, as key. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, so this um, first series it was called flight path TV. Flight path. Yeah. That's um, it. And in fact, we now have it, it's all in HD. Um, plus, you know, we went and filmed a lot of stuff with Tamora Aviation Museum. So we've got a whole lot of stuff actually now online. Um, ironically, it's from the pilotseat.org. Um, and okay. there is a special deal for your your viewers, of course, uh, or, or audio people, um, yeah. or listeners, I should call them. Uh, so, yeah, again, um, yeah, we've got all that stuff. So that's from the pilotseat.org, another New Zealand company, uh, Vidzing. So a, a bit like YouTube, um, but again, high Good content. Um, I went and filmed some stuff at Warbirds as well, um, literally with an iPhone, um, just because Malcolm couldn't get there. So just some interesting other bits and pieces in there, and, and the money goes towards Warbirds to keep those flying as well. So Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, for, how many countries did Flight Path TV eventually get distributed to? Yeah, we got to 61 countries, which, wow. yeah, I thought was pretty cool. Um uh, I'm trying to think his name. Um, our guy from Riviera, really nice guy, American guy, based out of LA, and and then moved to New York. He, I suppose, the bonus is he got a deal with Discovery, and that really sort of led us on the path because we got a phone call from Discovery Australia, and they said, "Oh, I would like to meet with you." And went, "Okay, cool, sounds sounds good." 
Yeah. And they brought it. They brought along this big guy, and I was going, "That looks like Richie McCaw." And um, so, so we actually got Richie McCaw involved for our. We kind of redid the first series, and we're kind of well, we were promised a second series, of course, as as producers do. Um, and uh, sadly, never happened. Well, we thought after the was it the second World Cup with Richie, we were we were ready to go, but nothing happened. So. Um, but we, we got to redo that with Richie and Richie was pretty awesome, pretty down to earth guy. You know, we, we spent a few days in the studio with him and, um, yeah, just a, just a cool, cool guy. Cause all we talked about was flying planes. So right. <laughs> didn't, actually, didn't actually talk about rugby. So. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a, obviously a pilot himself and he's a big enthusiast. So that's, uh, that's great. And of course he did the narration, didn't he? For the. He did. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of the first start just to, cause we'd already filmed it. Oh, we refilmed some stuff. Uh, I mean, I, the irony of the story was um, Richie said, look, i got a problem with my foot. Don't tell anyone. So we didn't. Um, Australian um, company, of course, they went, oh, you've only done, you know, X amount of episodes. You meant to do all 13. We said, sorry, you know, Richie was unwell. Um, and, of course, after the World Cup, of course, it came out, his foot was broken. Um, oh, so, right. and I, I guess that gave massive trust, you know. I mean, he just said, don't say anything. So we said, yeah. no, okay, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool, right? Good old Kiwi uh, trust, um, you know, your word is your word. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, from, was it after that that you started writing your books? Yeah, yeah. So when I get to, obviously with the interviews, you know, we met many pilots. We interviewed a lot more because we actually started series two. So we actually had basically another series in the can, sadly. Okay. Um and maybe when AI sort of really kicks in, we can, because that was the, the real cost was, was, of course, producing. Um, and you had to put that up front. Um, yeah. And we thought, we thought we're definitely going to get a second deal. But again, it's just, TV's a hard game. Um, it's a fun game, but it's a hard game. Yeah. And I went, you know what? I, I could probably make more money somewhere else, ironically, in aviation, which if it's been as easy. Um, so, yeah. So, what do we do? So, series two. Um, yeah, and, and interviews. My wife is an author. She is a real author. I'm just a, a gatherer of stories, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. Um, she she writes fiction. And she said, you know, she's done really well. She had a publisher from the UK. And, um, you know, I guess it's been kind of cool to see her journey as well. And then it was like, she goes, well, you've not, you know all this aviation stuff. Why aren't you putting together a book? And I went, don't be silly. I'm just, my name's Fletch. That's who I am. Why would I do a book? Um, and again, you know, it was until seeing what she was doing and I went, okay, well, how would, if we did do a book, how would we do it? And so probably the biggest thing was working out all the stories and all the people I'd met. Uh, and then talking with, I think it was actually CASA first. Uh, I did talk with the CAA, um, in New Zealand, uh, and also, and then the FAA, FAA were really, uh, supportive okay. and, um, that was pretty, pretty you know, probably the, 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 and the guys actually out of the, the UK, um, I'm trying to think of the organization. I'm pretty sure it starts with C. Oh, Chirp, that's it, Chirp. So um, again, you know, as I started working through, and where it did actually come from, Dave, was, you know, I, I had a few close calls myself. And uh, and I remember a good friend and kind of instructor, um, actually just gave me a Cessna 182 rating, um, Adam Maltham and uh, Air New Zealand pilot, eight and a half thousand hours, I think now. Um, you know, I said, Fletch, write, write it down, write down what you've done and, and work out, you know, your 
what did you learn from it, you know? And if the CAA do come knocking, which they didn't, um, and it was just a little airspace incident, which, you know, we thought we were somewhere where we weren't. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, I went, oh, actually, there seems there's quite a few pilots that kind of make these mistakes and write up a bit of a lesson. And, uh, yeah, so then it was like, well, why don't we put together a few lessons, spoke to a few different people, um, spoke to Matt Hall, who's a Red Bull air race pilot. I don't, yep. He's kind of famous for hitting the water. I don't know if you at Perth, I don't know if oh. you remember I've, yeah, I remember that. I've seen that clip many times. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so got to know Matt because we filmed quite a bit of stuff at Tomorrow. We actually got a contract for many years until COVID. Thanks, COVID. Um, and uh, we, yeah, and, and talking to Matt and he said, yeah, happy to do an intro for the book. And so that was 81 Lessons, which was GA. It even, you know, we threw in a paraglider and just really general aviation. I did actually have it combined with commercial aviation and a lot of my friends who are commercial pilots and GA pilots, which turns out is quite a small percentage, yeah. just said, Fletch, don't don't mix the two because they're very different. You know, yes, I understand we fly GA and we fly commercial, but there's not many people. So I really split the two and then within a month I had two books out. So, uh, and that was 101 lessons, which is commercial, just because a lot of the stories are quite short. Yeah. And I'd never thought because a, a few people went, oh, it's 101 as in, you know, the sort of the genre of 101 things to do before you die and 101 things, which I didn't actually put that together until after it had been published. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, 81 lessons and then 101 lessons commercial. And then, yeah, just talking to helicopter pilots. And I thought, well, yeah, well, why not a helicopter one? So GA, we did GA helicopters. Um, again, you know, I'd done some time in the helicopter and I have to take my hat off to, to helicopter pilots. Um, yeah, flying a plane's a bit easier than flying a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was pretty impressed when um, I got to actually fly a helicopter and go, yeah, okay, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, and then military, I love the military side. So, and speaking with the US Air Force, that was kind of cool, right? Just ringing up Air Forces around the world um, and uh, US Air Force, US Navy as well. Uh, and then and then I got hold of all the different air forces. Uh, sadly, New Zealand Air Force, again, weren't too happy releasing some of their stories. Uh, but again, um, Canadian Air Force, they were a little bit hesitant. Yeah. Uh, so I had to get everything signed off, every story I used. Um, they wanted to sign off uh, just to make sure what was being published, which, you know, I kind of understand. Yeah. Um, so the helicopter ones actually got seven air forces around the world, um, Chinooks, um apaches you know all that good adventure stuff which which i love right um yeah and um yeah and just released uh 72 lessons which is cessna 172 uh just because it's you know such a amazing aircraft and if you i think if you look at 50 percent of the people flying aircraft around the world they would have flown 172 at some stage in their life so um, yeah it is it is um good old clyde cessna so yeah yeah Okay. Um, now, before you mentioned your wife as an author, you should mention her name so people can look up her books. Yeah, sure. Kirsten McKenzie. She, she's written um, four books now on time. Time travel historical fiction. So she actually digs at Vindolanda, which is a Roman uh, fort in uh, between Scotland and England mm-hmm. on Hadrian's Wall. And um, so the, the latest book's on that. But it's got, it's got some of the characters out of the first uh, trilogy. And then she's written... Uh, it sort of scares me a little bit because she's kind of written three books, which are a little bit Stephen King 
um, and one painted, I remember flying to the States, reading it, and we stayed in this dodgy Airbnb, Airbnb, and there was paintings all over the wall, and I just, I couldn't sleep, and because I'd just written, read her book, which is pretty, um, very Stephen King, if you're into Stephen King, you really enjoy it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, oh, cool. So definitely smarter than me. <laughs> so um turning now to your current book uh yes which is which is uh from the pilot seat kiwi adventures in the sky yes um where, when and how did you start that well it's funny we had uh, as, as i said i'm in an entrepreneur's organization and you know the i guess the thing i talk about is thirst for learning so everything i i do I love learning and love, love understanding. And I guess that's why I got into the aviation sector because it's such a huge topic of different bits and pieces. Yeah. And I went to a, there was a thing on uh, book publishing and I went, well, I've got five books, but, and I kind of know what I'm doing. I mean, maybe I don't, right? And I guess that's the question. So I went, well, I might pick something up and might, you know, might change my life or at least I can have a drink and talk, talk about books and understand what other people are doing. So went across to that. It was pretty cool. You know, one of the guys had written a few books, you know, very business book based. And, um, and of course, Penguin was there, Margaret. And she said, I hear you've, you've done a few books. I said, yeah, mainly US. I mean, and the, the sales, you know, UK and the US. US is massive, as you probably know, 230,000 GA aircraft in the States. Wow, amazing. You know, versus, versus, versus our 3,000 in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so huge, huge market, and that's, you know, most of my lesson books are sold in the States. Um, and she said, well, you know, we always look for content if it's good, if it's good stories. And I said, oh, man, there's some amazing Kiwi pilots and some just amazing good old Kiwi, you know, yarns. And she said, well, let's have a coffee. So she gave me a card, and we had a coffee. And I you know, I took along the books, and I said, well, this is what I do. Why don't we do this or lessons, you know, from life or kind of thing. Um, and because, you know, I, I, I trotted out one one of the great interviews we did on the TV show was John Martin. I don't know if you know John from Tauranga. Um, no. and, and he had an accident in a uh, Cessna. Um, yeah. Um, you know, um, throwing chemicals out the out the back. Um, yeah. And yeah. And, and, you know, again, it was just, a you know, and when I have a bad day, I do think of John and just the fact that he's such a positive person. Um so, you know, I take my hand off to John and think, you know, and, you know, in the TV show, we've got a shot of him, 70% of, you know, burns to his body in, in hospital. And, you know, I don't know how many times he almost almost died. And uh, I just go, yeah, no, I'm having a bad day, but I'm never had had a bad day as, you know, as bad as John. So I guess in a way, inspiration for me. Um, and that's, you know, we started talking about, it. she goes, well, you know, write three stories, three do three interviews and, and come back to me. So and that's what I did was, you know, put them together and cut lots of stuff out, uh, you know, and I, I do teach storytelling, which is pretty cool, so to entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, so I get to, you know, try and try and work out what I teach, yep. uh, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, and, yeah, and that's really – we started with three stories and, you know, got the contract and signed off the contract. And the contract said 20 – 20 stories and I squeezed in 23 because uh, I just thought, you know, it's 23 cool Kiwis. And uh, yeah, it had to be Kiwis because it is Penguin New Zealand, uh, but they are selling the book in Australia and in, in the States as well, so which is kind of cool. Okay. Um, and yeah, really just sat down and took me two years, a uh, lot of stress, a lot of, you know, why the hell did I say this? Why did I sign 
up to this because you know life um sadly you know i mean the book's still okay but you know it's not like you know i've got two very hungry teenagers um and dare i say i say a hungry wife but um and you know i love spending money as well so you know it's it's um it's definitely not a money spinner but it's it's definitely worthwhile um i think um and it gives me some real good grounding to understand what people are doing around the world um as well which which i really enjoy yeah absolutely uh, i mean when you talk about this sort of book being worthwhile you're recording stories of kiwi aviators that um otherwise might not get recorded and uh, like I, I looked down the list of uh who's in this book and i, I know or or did know um many of them most of them actually and, and a lot of them have actually appeared on my own podcast yeah. series so it's fu- it's funny how we parallel um yeah. each other through our, our interest and in, in career really but uh um i mean it's really good that kiwi stories are getting highlighted like this there's not many people doing this in no Zoom. it's basically no. you and me <laughs> yeah no i i agree and look i take, take my head off to you dave you know um uh yeah i think you're a lot more prolific than i am so well done you know and i think oh. what, what you've done is pretty awesome so well um, th- thank you very much I, I mean it's it's just fun isn't it so good to and a lot of these people they're friends uh you know you, you get to be friends with them and eventually ask them oh can we sit down and record something and they'll open up to you and you learn a lot more about yep. them and um you know i look at the list and there's there's some names there that of people who are no longer with us of course as well and there's a few yep. couple of uh world war ii veterans that um one very well known, Les Munro, the Dambuster pilot. Yes. Um, and the other, Ray Richards. I, I think if it hadn't been for you putting him into this book and and also your TV series, um, most people wouldn't have known Ray. I got no, to I... know I, I got to know him and, and I have actually interviewed him as well. I haven't released it yet because it's in my massive stockpile of uh Kiwis in the um when I say massive, it's about 20 interviews. Um, yeah. Kiwis in the Fleet Air Arm in World War II, which is a yeah. project that eventually one day I'll, I'll complete. Um, nice. But Ray was such a great guy, wasn't he? He was just such an oh. amazing enthusiast, and and he was still working as a publisher, uh, a publishing agent right into his 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, most people think uh, New Zealand, there were no New Zealanders that shot down other aircraft in, in courses, but yeah. that's that's true when it comes to the RNZF. But in the fleet air arm, of course, the, the fleet air arm, there were a lot of Kiwi Corsair pilots in there too. And, and 25%? He shot, yeah, yeah tw- 25% by the end of the war um, when it comes to the British Pacific Fleet, yeah. yeah, the, um, Which is a lot. And yeah. um, uh, uh, proportionally for, for Kiwis against the rest of the world. And Ray shot down three Japanese heroes. So, yeah, exactly. um, you yeah. know, and, and, and uh, I don't know, did you know Ben Heffer? Uh, of no, I'm not, I've heard the name though. Okay, because Ben Heffer is another one that shot down, another Kiwi that shot down um, a zero on a different occasion. But one of the zeros that Ray shot down was on Ben's tail and he saved Ben's life. So, um, yes. yeah, Ben right. was always, always uh, very um, grateful to Ray for, you know, so that's his... that's I've actually got that in the book because he does talk about it because for years later he always went you know he'd see him at a at an event and he'd always say ah oh, you know he's the guy that saved my life yeah so, that's it I, I saw yeah. that most myself I got invited along in 2009 to the 
last big fleet air um, association wow. um uh reunion and they told me that story in person which was, was the first time i'd met either of them and it was bloody amazing you know some of the stories yeah. of the fleet air arm guys kiwis just don't know you know and wow. i'm really good that you had have highlighted one of them um one of these days my project will be finished will be released and there'll be you know guys that flew everything from swordfish and albacore through to corsairs yeah. and sea fires all that sort of thing. that's I, awesome I, I collected quite a few over the couple of years but they're all gone years. now so yeah i know and that's it's funny because I, I um uh since the book coming out i got hold of uh, well larry hill got hold of me which you know larry yep. yes yep yep and so i met larry years ago when we first started the tv show and uh it's funny because he, he messaged me and i was going i'm sure that's the same guy no you know it wasn't until i went out and saw him and he's showing me all the paraphernalia and i was going i've seen this before i said did you do the alan pitt uh there was a alan pitt uh launch of his book yes and yep. um again larry had sort of helped alan along and and obviously a number of other people as well which again is pretty pretty awesome so um yeah it's it's a it's an amazing yeah just an amazing number of people and i think i think after the war right everyone went well let's not talk about it yeah um so it all sort of got a little bit subdued which um yeah i think like you said the stories are there and and they're just such a magical you know not magical but just a great story of understanding and, and getting through probably the biggest thing that i've seen is resilience right i mean yeah you know when i interviewed les Monroe, we did it twice actually uh, once down in tauranga and in the in the lancaster at motat actually Okay. And um, just hearing what he actually went on to do, you know, as mayor of Waikato and yeah. and everything else, and where he came from as well, you know, it's you know, and I don't think we ever put it in the in the TV show, but you know, he even remembers eating rats uh, as a kid, and um, just you know, during the depression. So you just God. going, yeah, God. different world, eh? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He was an inspiring guy. I I met him a few times, and I got to interview him the once, which is on the one show you can listen to that as a two-parter um but yeah i mean there's so many of those kiwis out there that did amazing things during world war ii and uh that there's not many of them are well known to the public and it's no it's so it's great to get these stories out there yeah yeah the other one uh the character that i that you know i, I love ray and you know we flew him down in a sea sprite uh to mm. see the corsair yep. um and that was old Jason Haggart um, getting him down. So it was the first time on World, since World War Two it actually sat in a in a Corsair, which was pretty pretty amazing. And of course, great to see the Corsair flying again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Doug um, Doug Doug Brown. He was a character. Like you know, just laughed his head off every every time he told a story. Um, <laughs> and just yeah, just loved listening to him. And um, you know, we saw him at it four eight five squadron one time. Getting again, getting him into the into this into the Spitfire. I don't know if you were there. I think it was about two thousand nine as well. Yeah, and, probably was. Um, yeah, and it was just so cool, right? And you could hear him shouting and screaming, trying <laughs> to get into this into the Spitfire. Yeah, um, which was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, the, um, those events that they used to have at Fenerbahce for four eight five squadron mm -hmm. reunions. That I went to two or three of them. Yeah, uh, and they'd get they'd get a couple of Spitfires along and. One, yeah. one, one time they had a Mustang there as well. And I mean, the, the old, it was really great to see the old boys, but they're all gone now. Um, no, I know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. we, you and I, we're really privileged to get along to that sort of thing. And, um, we've got the memories of it, but, uh, uh, there's, you know, we're not going to see the likes of that sort of event anymore. 
in the future. No, and, and it's funny you say that because, you know, that was one frustration with the TV show because Malcolm and I were, you know, literally trying to make money elsewhere. Um, yeah. And that was just like, oh, well, let's go and film. You know, we met Alan Pitt and we're going, yeah, we'll come down. And, of course, we just didn't, just didn't, you know, it's just too busy, um, sadly. Yeah. So, you know, I'd have to take my hat off to you, Dave, and, you know, you've made a real effort. So, um, yeah, sadly not enough. But I guess that's the other thing is, you know, there were, you know, talking to, I don't know, Stu Boys has, has passed on as well, but, you know, the Burmers, the uh, the different, I suppose, the different areas, um, you know, talking to Maka about his time in East Timor. Um, again, you know, there, there are those, I suppose they're not, not seen as cool as World War Two. Not that cool is the right word. Um, but again, right, uh, I guess that's one thing I've been trying to weave through in my mind. Who are those who are those other pilots that have done some pretty pretty amazing things? Yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the likes of Malaya and um, even Vietnam aren't aren't really up there in the in, in at least the New Zealand psyche of yeah of of being in the same standing as the World War Two pilots. Um, but there's you know, you, you talk to those guys and you suddenly think, my God, these guys are amazing. Yeah. You know, I, I've talked to guys who flew Venoms and uh, and um, helicopters and forward air controllers in Vietnam and yeah, and, yep. and stuff like that. And, and you know, the, their stories are just as worthy of uh, of note, yep. in my opinion, anyway. And, the, you know, I'm making an effort now. I, I really am making an effort now to... Um, try and get more of the post-war stories recorded because I realised about a year and a half ago um, there's not many, there's very few World War II guys left and I, that had yeah. been my focus and um, so last year uh, about July I started recording uh, the, some of the early vampire pilots okay, and, cool. and I and I did a um, I, on, the, on the Wings Over New Zealand show I did a vampire month in november oh, nice. i think it was and yeah. and and so there's each week for five weeks i put out uh a different interview with a vampire pilot and three of those guys were early vampire pilots uh oh sorry one of them was ground crew and two were pilots um yep. and they'd all gone to cyprus which is something that most new zealanders wow. have completely forgotten about yeah um, totally and then the yeah. fourth one fourth one was jim barclay who was a later um vampire pilot and the fifth one was uh brett emony who you know oh, wow. owned and flew one at the time, and yes. I look back. I look. I just I, only this week I realised three of those guys are dead now out of the five that yeah. I recorded just last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. you know it makes these recordings so much more special when you realise that you know we can't actually go and talk to them again now. So no, um, yeah. Well, and you know, and Brett sadly, you know, passing on. It was probably one of the hardest weeks I had. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, you know, it was. I was going down to Ohakia. Uh, to sort some stuff out and I said to Brett look I'm coming back up the coast which wasn't really wasn't quite the way home but I said look you know why don't I come and see you we have a cup of coffee I mean I've known Brett for years and we've we've interviewed him and filmed him um with the tv stuff because uh, we did a few Tauranga DVDs and um you know and I I guess he did trust me and I said look I'm not here to try and you know make anything up I'm, I'm just here to you know tell a good story so and, you know, we got there and we started talking. I said, well, do you mind if I record it? And so, you know, two hours later, um, you know, and sadly half the stories I didn't even use. Um, but again, you know, one recording it, um, 
And of course, you know, the fact that he, he did pass on, sadly, um, you know, and Faye, you know, I could, I could send the recording. So the family's got the recordings, you know, he's in the book and, and yep. Um, yep. he's got a great story, you know, but again, inspirational for me, the, the business that he's built is just phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just amazing. So pretty, pretty cool person and, and very lucky that I could tell a story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So from this book, which stories are the real standouts for you that, yeah. that really struck a note? Really struck a note. Okay. Well, I mean, I, yeah, of course you say, well, all of them, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The ones that struck it, I guess the resilience, you know, I mean, there's Eastie, right? So I don't know if you've yep. met Eastie. Um, I've interviewed it, him on, on Zoom. I haven't met him in person. Nice. Yeah, well, I, I was at the, you know, we were filming stuff and we went to, uh, it was Bundaberg and there was an air show there. And, of course, I see these Stripe Masters. I went, oh, that's interesting. And, of course, because we had media passes, you can just rock on up, which was kind of fun. Yeah. And this guy's, you know kind of New Zealand slash Australian accent. So we're talking away and he starts telling me about his, his Skywalk, you know, um, with Muzza, um sadly crashing in front of him. Yeah. And I said, and of course we weren't filming at that stage and I said, can we get that on? And we never did. Yeah. So, and then through different people that I knew, I always, I, I was able to sort of keep in touch with Eastie. So again, great storyteller you know i think i actually yeah we interviewed on zoom in the end uh i used some of the footage that we'd and then in the end i actually just re you know because some of the stuff didn't make sense so i just went back as a as an interview um so definitely um and i i guess i never knew that he'd gone overseas you know fighting in bosnia um for three years and um you know with the uk yeah uh, so that was that was pretty cool and just hearing his story especially you know growing up in rotorua Yep. Um, you know, good old New Zealand. Um, Doug Brown loved him because you know, the, just the talking about the spitfire and, you know, drinking and, you know, because I remember asking, going, well, what was it like losing your best mate? He goes, well, we just got on with it. You know, you, you didn't have yeah. time. You're just straight into the next flight, which I, I, you know, which to me, it was going, shit, that's, he goes, well, it, it is what it is. You know, we, we had this thing to do, which I guess comes back to cause, right? Yeah. Um, the cause of doing that uh pushing the envelope with phil hooker from um from tauranga awesome guy you know i love phil we filmed him for the tv show uh but really had to redo the interview just because you know there was a few things and because he'd been to china so he, he lived in china for about five years yes yeah and um i don't know if you've seen the youtube video i remember when it came out i went i'm sure that's phil hooker but no it can't be um but i, I counted 37 spins <laughs> um, you know, and he's in this aircraft spinning and he can't get out and he finally pulls the pulls the parachute, which, you know, it's in the book. But yeah. having the, I guess, the fortitude, you know, and he does talk about luck and skill, which, you know, which is it's always good to, to, to think about, yeah, which bucket? Is it the luck skill? Is it the luck bucket or the skill bucket? And uh, just, to, you know, his story about getting out of that, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Brett, obviously, I mean, I love Brett, his story about, you know, buying the vampire. Uh, he's in in the Swiss Alps. Um, and, of course, he's with a, pretty sure it was a French, ex-French Air Force who had been flying, um, oh, what, of course, what do they fly? Um, what are they, oh, the Mirages. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pretty sure. Anyway, this guy had been flying high end and suddenly gets in a vampire. He goes, oh, yeah, let's see what it does. And just hearing 
Brett going, God, where's the ejection seat? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, it's just pretty funny. Um, and, and hearing about his, which I didn't know, um, flying the, uh, what's his name? Dave Phillips. Um, God, what is it? Uh, Hunt. Hunter. Uh, Hunter. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, the Hunter. And then hearing about him losing the engine and, you know, but he'd been sitting in the cockpit for three days beforehand doing the checks going through every check and remembering yeah. every check. And of course, you know, the third time to, you know, there's three ways you can relight the engine and he got it the third time. And uh, yeah, just hearing that going, yeah, okay. That's pretty, um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Um, I mean, John Martin, I've already covered Simo. I mean, Simo who's, you know, F35 pilot, you know, he's a Kiwi, uh, parents moved to Papua New Guinea and, you know, uh, just telling the story about he had a list of pilots he could fly with in PNG after 11 o'clock and um, before 11 o'clock. So obviously a few of them were on the, um, had some big nights in PNG. Uh, and then going back to Australia and, you know, learning to fly with, a, with the Australian Air Force and just, a, you know, a great, great understanding and seeing, you know, something outside of New Zealand as well. So... Um, and I, I guess Simo is a quite an amazing guy, great pilot. But you know, I make a joke that mate, you're not an Aussie. You're definitely a Kiwi because <laughs> you're very humble. <laughs> not saying Aussies aren't humble, of course. <laughs> um, but um, and, and you know, Simo did a thing called lift. So he got at, at risk. Um, well, it was another guy from Qantas. They got at risk youths, uh, which have covered in the book and uh, teach them flying and how how, you know, your life is similar to flying a plane. You know, you need your engine, you need this, you need that. You're going to think about this. And, yeah, just really helping other people, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we've got Liz Needham. Liz Needham's pretty awesome. She's the only woman Spitfire pilot in the world. And a, a bit like you say, you know, we, we, we don't realise how lucky we are in New Zealand. Um, and, uh, again, very accomplished lady, amazing. You know, she owned Ardmore Flying School, Pretty smart. She was a pilot for Air New Zealand for thirty something years. Yeah, uh, and just a down to earth person, um, and uh, and loves planes, which you know gets yeah. my take, of course. Yeah, no, she's awesome, awesome lady. Yeah, of course, she also, as well as flying Spitfire, she also flies the Kitty Hawk, which she owns, and she yes. flies the Mustang as well. I think she's probably yeah. the only only woman in the world that's for probably since the ATA that has flown all three. Yeah, true on a, re on yeah. a regular basis. So, definitely, yeah. Uh, who else is a favourite? Well, and, and and she is a favourite. Um, it's a sad story. Um, so Louise uh, Choppy Patterson, um, and you know she's built a, an amazing business. And hearing, I, I guess, in a, as a female in such a male-dominated um, industry back in, especially the seventies and eighties, uh, and hearing how, how she got through and you know has achieved so so much, but sadly losing her son um right in a, in a helicopter crash which you know for me i've got two girls and ironically one of them's gone solo this year age 16 and i'm going oh, yeah okay yeah no aviation's good fun yeah just listen <laughs> to your instructor yeah uh, don't listen to your dad uh so yeah louise louise the choppy i mean she, she's pretty pretty cool uh great lady i mean and, you know i've got d bond as well another great lady yes um, yeah done some great flying overseas in, in america um yeah so there's actually there's a few ladies and johnson as well she's a great glider pilot 
the cool thing about Anne is, you know, the stories were a little bit disjointed because I, I was pulling them from when we did the interview at down at Classic Flies, actually, many years ago. So I said to Tiger, who's her son, and I said, look, can I, I'll, fly, I'll fly down and catch up with Anne again and just try and clarify and just make sure I've got everything right, you know, because that's the last thing you want to do is publish something that's not quite 100%. So, yeah. and just hearing that the coolest thing about, well, you know, it was the 70s and 80s and it was a World War II oxygen mask I had to use, which was powered by a motorcycle battery. Um, you know, just good old New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, by the seat of your pants, making it work. Um, and yeah. I think some of her, you know, records still stand, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, Carlton Campbell, uh, you know, I went flying with him down, down south when I was down, uh, where were we? West, West Mountain, I think. And um, Aaron Pierce actually said to me, no, no, go flying with Carlton. He, you know, he's written the mountain flying syllabus. And doing some of the stuff with Carlton in a 172, and I said to him, I said, I'm not comfortable doing doing this. And he's going, well, hang on. We're, all we're doing is flying the plane, and we're looking at outs, you know, which, you know, I guess maybe I'm a, a safe pilot. Um, but again, you know, um, just trying to understand how to fly the aircraft in the mountains, uh, which, again, was a, was a, a massive eye-opener for me. And that's why I thought, well, Carlton's got some good stories, I'm sure. And he, he lost his fingers. And I've always heard these different urban myths about how he lost his fingers. And when I interviewed him, he, he told me. Um, and, of course, the, the, the hard thing for me as well, Penguin have edited, um, you know, and the stuff that I thought was good, you know, they've cut out or um, – and, again, it's it's what you do when – you know, versus my other books, which, of course, are my books versus um, this is a, a Penguin edited book. And, and it's not a negative – but it's like I guess I kind of missed the little nuances around some of the stories. So, um, so yeah, Carlton's got a, an amazing story, and and how he got back back to you know back into flying after the the accident, right. um, which again you know resilience again I think, um, which then I suppose you jump to, uh, good old Dennis, um, yeah Dennis amazing story helicopter pilot, but of course started flying tiger moths and top dresses and all that good Dennis Hartley and you know he's um you know Rotoria to Taiwan next minute he's in Taiwan um with all these contracts and mm -hmm. uh, and through India as well so again good old Kiwis just learning and and being good old Kiwis and then you know getting getting these great contracts around the world um yep. yeah uh and then you've got the McKenzie's of course ironically no no relation, but they they are obviously related somehow. Uh, I met Macca and Keith at the same time, actually, down at Ahaki. That was 2007, I think. I don't know if you're down there for the big one of the big open days. It could have been 2010. Yeah, but yeah, I think I went to both those. But yeah, um... and you know, I, I guess there is a mixture. I suppose you know, you ask the favourites. I guess the cool the, the cool ones for me are the 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 part you know the. I suppose the partners. So you've got Brett and Faye, um, you know, obviously daughter of Brett, which which is pretty cool. You've got Scott, who's the son of Keith, uh, and then you've got Frank and Liz, which are you know married, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, and yeah, how else we got? Um, oh, Terry, Terry and Abby. So Terry Delore, uh, you know, I, I I had a chat to Simon Galt. Uh, I was towing at the gliding club one Christmas. And we're having a beer afterwards. And I said, Simon, you know, you must have a few stories with your Thunder Mustang. And 
goes, mate, if you want a story, come and meet Tara. <laughs> <laughs> so, so off we went and a few beers later. I said, Terry, I should have recorded all that, but um, I'll give you a call. So, um, <laughs> and just the fact that Abby, you know, is, is again, um, in the gliding world and, and doing, you know, I, I guess following in her dad's footsteps, even though she wouldn't say that. But, um, yeah, again, just the the way that um, I guess osmosis works in, you know, families, right? Um, yeah. Like a dad. I mean, you know, Dave, how did you get involved in aviation? You know, you joined the Air Force, but was there a family? Um, yeah, well, actually, my, my dad from, yeah, the age of about four, three or four, um, his parents moved in right across the road from Ardmore, and it was okay. 19, 1943. And wow. so they were just building the base. And so as he was getting, um, you know, age five, six, right over their house was Corsairs and Kitty Hawks and yeah, awesome. all the other things that were based there. And um, he used to tell stories of uh, um, Corsairs coming through their fence when they overran the runway because the, <laughs> the, the runway that's no longer open if you look right. at the house, it's right at the end of that on the northern side. That was their house. It's behind oh, trees. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, they, there was lots of stories there from Dad and Nana. And um, and Dad Dad was hooked from that age. He used to, him and his uncle, my uncle, um, his brother, used to sneak onto the, they'd go across the road, drop into the drain, and they'd go all the way around the base without being seen because they were in the drains, like, like trenches, and yeah, get right. Kind of right, right over and sneak out into the hangars, and they'd run around in the hangars and, you know, look at stuff or try and steal something or whatever. And yeah. uh, I remember him saying that uh, one time they were in this drain, and apparently there were, uh, I think he's, he used to say mutton birds. I don't know whether this is true, but he reckoned there was mutton birds that would nest in the drains. And the fire engine had a Bren gun on it, and they used to drive around and shoot into the drains to try and scare these things out from from stopping them nesting there in the nesting season. Um, simply so there weren't birds on the airfield, yep. and and the 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 fire engine went past us one time when him and my uncle and um, their friends, so the three of them, were in the bottom of this drain, and the bullets were going over their heads. You know, you could just imagine it. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, he got into modelling and all that, and he was a lifelong aviation enthusiast and that's so i grew up with it all around he was he never flew he wasn't a pilot but he he yeah. was he ended up as for a couple of years he was president of the um model aircraft association of new zealand and nice yeah um he ran the cambridge uh club and all that sort of thing so yeah okay um yeah so it was just again like an osmosis of growing up with aviation around and you know he's always watching videos or anything on tv with aviation yeah. Um, so that's how I got into it. And uh, I joined the Air Force at 18, as you say. So, nice. um, but really with the, with the interviewing stuff, uh, you know, I got into, I got interested in um, talking with veterans when I was in the Air Force at Wigram, based at Wigram. Yeah, right. Um, yep. Used to go down to the um, Wigram Museum uh, and the guides there were all World War II guys and, and women. Um, and so I'd go down there on a Sunday to have a pie. And I'd always end up having a cup of tea and a pie with these guys. And they tell me all these great war stories. And um, that's, that's what really got me into the history. And um, years later, I kind of realized, God, I wish I'd been recording some of those stories and I actually started doing so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, I've been doing that for about 20 odd years now. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. 
Oh, very cool. Well, and that's it, right? So that that osmosis of picking stuff up. You know, I I I never dreamt that my girls would be interested in aviation. I mean, I just thought, hey, well, you know, they're their own their own people. And next yeah. minute, Sasha's, you know, she did a navigation course, and then she's going, oh, I'm going to do the, I'm going to go solo. And I went, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> I said, well, we do have a plane, so you can fly that if you want. Um, but no, she hasn't. Ironically, okay. So yeah. Well, that's that's cool, right? That's that's great that there's another generation coming along that will yeah be and you know you've got common interests. So yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So those are, I guess, those are my favourites. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, have you got a? Have you got plans for any more future books? Have you got? Um... Yeah, I have. Um, because I love tail draggers and aerobatics, I've um, started, uh, and you know, I started a few years ago. So I've basically got a few interesting stories. It's been hard to actually find tail dragger slash aerobatic stories, um, and you know, people or people go, yeah, I've got a good story, but I'm not going to tell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it sounds dodgy. Um, and uh yeah so i you know at first it was going to be tail draggers warbirds and aerobatics but i think i've got enough now to try and look at you know maybe eking out three books i don't know I'll, I'll, i've got to try and work that out but i mean the reason i thought with penguin one because you know we're, we're published through squabbling sparrows press um which is you know literally a few of us sort of got together a few different authors um so le learning i guess again learning from penguin and how they've launched and how they've done it which has been an amazing process um obviously a smaller cut um but again just been really good to to sign with such a big publisher yeah. really where i want to go is again the states we've got you know this i'm, I'm not saying i'm not going to do new zealand again um so definitely there's there's a there's definitely another book hopefully from the pilot seat for, yep. for Kiwis, Aussies as well. I've got quite a few contacts in Australia, and there's some pretty crazy stories in Aussie. Um, and and but the states is probably the next one that I really want to push, just because I feel, uh, you know, Americans are you know, there's a lot of aviators, and especially the military side, which I love and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think there's some really some good gold. Um, Malcolm and I actually we, we've pitched it a few times, animated, um, war stories animated. Um, so reanimating war stories. And during COVID, we actually almost got a few, you know, runs on the board. Netflix were interested because, of course, no one could actually act. Um, and, uh, yeah, good old TV, the TV world of disappointment. Um, so we never quite got there. Uh, so, you know, we researched quite a few amazing stories out of the States. Um, and since then, I found quite a few more. Uh, we interviewed a um, B-17 pilot, Charlie Cook was his name. Again, just pretty cool hearing his stories. And um, one of his planes was called Lady Luck. And you hear the story about luck and, you know, you don't know how he, how he, how one, they managed to land the plane in France, how they actually managed to evade capture and then get back. And then next minute they're back on a B-17, you know, rebombing. Um, mm. So, yeah, just some pretty, pretty cool stories. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's never going to stop. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you, right? You you just you you keep going. You do, you do. Uh, there's always something around the corner, and and there's always another interest that you want to follow and and yeah, keep on going. Um, well, I met I, I met this guy Hal. I was in Lyon. I don't know if you've been to Lyon Museum in Orange County. No. I was there with some US mates because they knew I love aviation. I said, "Well, we'll take you here because I know you know they knew the owner or whatever." And so I met this old guy. I was going, "How old are you?" And he goes, "97." I went, "Holy crap!" 
I said, oh, so you used to fly? He goes, yep, learned to fly in World War II. And I'm going, you're kidding me. And so he starts telling all these stories. So I said, look, I'd love to interview you. You know, So months later, get hold of him finally. And um, he goes, look, my stories are pretty boring. And to be honest, they weren't too exciting. I can, I think I can make them kind of exciting, but he didn't drink and he didn't. Um, but he actually designed quite a few systems for the U.S. military, working okay. with um, Ford, I think it was, and then um, who bought that out? What's his name? Um, the recluse. Oh, Howard Hughes. Yeah, Howard Hughes bought, yeah. bought out that. Um, so, again, right, it's just amazing. You just bump into these, these yeah. random guys that were working in a museum. Um, yeah, it's just it's pretty cool, like, like yourself. Yeah, yeah, amazing. absolutely. That's cool. I, I love the idea of animating the war stories, and yeah, I, I reckon you know you, you're talking about um, American stories there, but I reckon there would be really good scope for some New Zealand stories to be told in that way to sort of oh, totally. You know, there's, there's there's a lot of stuff that has never been told um, from no. the, from the New Zealand aspect, and yeah, um, I think if if it, if you could get something that was on a level that could be taken to the world stage, the world would just yes. be amazed by what New Zealanders did during World War II. Really totally. Were... And, and maybe it's a mixture of, you know, the different Pacific forces or, that, you know, something like that, right? Fleet mm. Air Army. Yep. Um, the, the hardest thing, you know, Dave, I find New Zealand, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love New Zealand, but, it, you know, aviation's not cool. Um, you know, we, we pitched it to TVNZ, we pitched it to, I don't know, you, you name it. Funding, you know, New Zealand on air funding, it's like, oh, aviation, no, that's not cool. Um, you know, and I was really surprised to get in the bestsellers list for eight weeks going, there's a book on aviation and the bestseller list. I mean, th there was a book on fungi as well, which I do start to wonder <laughs> going, wow, there's more people interested in fungi than aviation. Well, I missed that one. So, no, but the, so it, is, it is a hard thing. But uh, you're right. Um, I mean, I lost faith in television for a long time ago. I threw my TV away. You know, I yep. don't even watch. I, I watch old TV on YouTube now. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> Modern yeah. TV, no thanks. But um, uh, yeah, my my main media source is podcasts. Listen to people's podcasts and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, um, but you're right. Um, New Zealand, there's so little interest in wanting to share these stories with the whole public. It, you can have a niche market like what I've got, um, but try and get TVNZ or, uh, it, you know, even just a publisher or whatever involved. Um, it can be so hard. So, um, yeah, it is a struggle in New Zealand. I think, I think you'd probably find that with a lot of things in New Zealand, not just aviation. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I, I think good on the person who's written the fungi book because you yeah. know they get they're getting their thing out there just as as you're getting aviation out there. So that's great. No, no, totally. No, it's yeah. funny because. They'd pop up the, they'd go up the number every time the news came on about the lady that killed all the people in Australia. Oh. <laughs> it's gone off. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so, sense. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's too funny. Well, nice. so, thank you very much. It's been great to uh, have another chat. And um, yeah. Yeah. Good luck with the, this book and the next one as well, the next project. Yeah. No, well, I appreciate you uh, interviewing me, Dave. And, yeah, all the best for everything else as well. So, uh, well, yeah, if I find if I find any stories, I'll let you let you know as well. Oh, cheers! Yeah, that'd be good. And same same here. If I think there's something that'd be good for your next book, so yeah, um, I've got plenty of contacts out there if you if you need any. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, oh well, thanks cool. again.
Really no, appreciate no it. No problems. Thank you, Dave. Thanks a lot. No, thanks, Dave. Cheers. That was the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.